You're listening to Up an Octave, a podcast by Sonivia, the podcasting agency that believes that women and non-binary people deserve to take up space in the podcasting industry because our thoughts, voices, and stories matter. Here you'll learn how to make dope podcasts that inspire, educate, convert, and most importantly, make your voice shine. I'm your host, Rue Spence, and I'm here to take podcasting up an octave. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Up an Octave. Today, we are talking about what type of podcast you should have, audio or video. Now, obviously, I am an audio-only podcast, but I try to be non-biased. And today, we're going to go through some of the pros and cons on either side of the aisle. A lot of people are finding that video content is here to stay, and longer-form video is also performing surprisingly well. There are some people saying audio podcasts are over. I disagree. We still find that most listeners listen while multitasking, whether that's on their commute, this is a majority of listeners, or at home folding laundry, doing dishes, making dinner. Most podcast consumers are not just sitting around and watching their phone or their TV or whatever. Part of why people are so attracted to podcasts is the ability to consume them passively. So that's already, for me, a a mark in the audio-only box. I think that there is some value in video podcasts. To me, these are still kind of vlogs back from the OG YouTube days. And I think that they definitely have a place. There are a lot of podcasts that have video options that are awesome, especially if they reference something. You know, it's nice to be able to see, oh, what shirt are you wearing? They can hold it up to the camera instead of just describing it. I'm sure that you have heard a podcaster describe a thing. Oh yeah, I've got this mug and it looks like this and you can't see it right now because this is an audio only medium. And so video does eliminate that. You can just hold the mug up and say, here's my mug. And so that makes that a little bit easier. I do find sometimes that video podcasters rely a little bit too hard on those visuals. If you have audio listeners, they may get frustrated that they cannot see the video. And so I find that when people do have audio and video podcasts, sometimes they forget about the listeners. Sometimes they are only podcasting for their viewers which I also find brings up an interesting dilemma for accessibility. So if you stop describing things because you can show them on camera, if you have visually impaired consumers, that takes them out of the conversation. However, if you have hearing impaired consumers, having a visual podcast helps to fill in some of those gaps and it's easier to subtitle. So there's not really a right answer either way. But I do want to unpack some of the reasons why one format or the other might be right for your show. With video podcasts, it is easy breezy, beautiful cover girl to repurpose your content. Reels are highly visual and perform really well if people can see you. If they can see you while you're talking, see you while you're saying the things that are in that reel, that can be excellent for social media. I do know some folk who choose to record themselves and then only upload the audio. That's always an option. I don't know that it's necessary, 
But if that's what feels right for you, that's definitely an option. Another plus for video, like I mentioned, is being able to visually reference things. That can be totally helpful. And it is also engaging in a new way. You have the opportunity to visually as well as auditorily engage with your listeners. And that can be great. If you especially have a brand where, you know, you are the brand, if you are an influencer or known for being a content creator, people are more likely to want to see you. If you are just a gal in her office spare bedroom chatting into a microphone with some headphones on, hi, that's me, it's less necessary, I think. And so part of the reason why you might choose to be audio only is because it's not necessarily the most engaging to just watch someone in their spare bedroom sitting under headphones talking into a microphone. I also have found that people are a little bit more willing to tolerate okay audio quality, but they have no interest in subpar video. So if you're not shooting in like 1080, you know, 4K, whatever video, people are like, okay, this kind of looks grainy and not so great. If I can turn on HBO and watch like House of the Dragon, which is shot so beautifully right now. I'm not super interested in integrated laptop webcam footage. That's just not that visually captivating to me. And so I see sometimes that video podcasts that don't have a top of the line freestanding camera don't perform as well because people aren't as engaged, which right or wrong is kind of just the facts of it. So that's a reason why a video podcast may not be the choice for you. The other reason is that I am in my pajamas right now. Straight up, I am nice and comfy drinking a cup of coffee early in the morning getting this episode recorded. I sometimes record with an eye mask on. Yeah, I live my best life. I gotta get those uh, under eye circles and bags out of here sometimes. And so it's nice to just have a little moment of self-care. And that's not a part of my brand. You could absolutely make that a part of your brand. If you love recording with your little under eye mask on and that is how you position yourself, I think that's so cute and fun. For me personally, that's not how I've positioned myself. So I don't necessarily want to show up like that all the time. But it's nice to me to know that I can have a bare face, wild hair, in my pajamas, no bra on, and show up. That is what feels good to me. And I find that it can be a barrier for some people. If you feel like you have to show up with a public persona that is lashes on, lipstick on, dressed a certain way, that can be another thing that stops you from recording. That can be a thing that contributes to your pod fade. So if you have to show up camera ready every single time you record, it's going to take a lot more effort to get an episode recorded. Whereas for me, as long as my voice sounds okay and I've got a quiet house, I'm ready to go at any moment. So that is something to definitely consider, especially if you are concerned about the production aspects of your podcast. Don't give yourself one more reason to say, eh, today's probably not the right day to do it. I should record later. Another reason that I like audio-only podcasts is because they are easier to edit. They're easier in a lot of capacities. They're easier to just get the editing done. Sometimes you'll see a video podcast that hasn't been super well edited, 
where all of a sudden the audio might sound great, but all of a sudden their head's over here. And that's because that's maybe, you know, a, a different take or they had to cut some things out. And so when you see those really choppy visual edits, it can kind of take you out of the moment. This is less an issue if you have a multi-camera setup, if you have a co-host, but if it's just you chatting into a webcam, it's a lot more noticeable when you have those big cuts, those big jump cut edit situations. If you can just switch to camera two and show your co-host's reaction, that's less of an issue. But it does also take a totally different skill set to edit video. I'm very close to someone who actually has a video editing and creation business. And holy moly, I don't get how he does half of the magic that he does. And so it's a completely different skill set for you to learn. But because there are also so many consumers who will just be listening, you also have to have your audio editing top level. So you, you have really these two separate skill sets, which if that is something that you are passionate about, I love that for you. If you are someone who is feeling overwhelmed by adding a podcast to your already very busy life, I feel like video is just a barrier to make that a little bit tougher on you. Something else to consider with that is that adding video also adds some more work for your computer. You're now like entering the graphics card situation and taking a lot more of your processor capacity when you're adding video. Audio files comparatively are really pretty small. And so it's a lot easier for a regular standard computer to handle them. Once you start getting into video, you may see some lagging. You may see some areas that you might need to upgrade your hardware or even your software. And so that can be somewhere else that it's a little bit challenging. Now, I don't want to totally sound like I'm ragging on video podcasts because even though they are not my sweet spot and I don't personally work with them or honestly consume them that much, I do value them. There are some podcasts that I have been listening to for years, like five years at this point. And if they're on YouTube as well, I will occasionally tune in. If they are really heavily referencing something visual, I'll click over to YouTube just so I can see and play along at home. I do like that video podcasts have the ability to connect us. I, I talk so often about the parasocial relationship that podcasting creates and having a video feed does support that as well. If you can feel like you are one of the girls hanging out on the couch and having this conversation, that can feel really engaging as a listener. So if that is the tone of your show, I definitely find that video podcasts can be a fabulous alternative. One last little check against video podcasts. I know I'm just ragging on them and I'm sorry because I don't hate them or even dislike them. They're just really not my sweet spot. And in my experience, I have found that they create a lot of barriers for creators. But the, the last big reason that I'm not a huge fan of video podcasts is that at this point, they do still separate your listening metrics. So your RSS feed has the analytics with that, right? So you can go to your podcasting host, like I use Buzzsprout, you can see the stats, you can see how many people have downloaded your show. Then if you're also on YouTube, 
you can go over to YouTube and see how many people have watched your video or viewed it. At this point, even though YouTube Podcasts is now a thing, those two platforms are still not cross-referencing. So your YouTube views are separate from your podcast downloads. And this isn't the end of the world, especially if you're just interested in those metrics out of curiosity to see, wow, I'm impacting this many people. That's super dope. If you are, however, trying to be attractive to sponsors, having those metrics in different pots can be a barrier. If a brand only wants to approach someone who has a thousand unique listeners a month and you can say, cool, well, I've got 600 on my podcast and I've got 400 on YouTube. That's a thousand, right? They might say, no, it's not. That's 600 because, you know, we focus on podcasts and not YouTube videos because it's, it's still very difficult for us to know how to talk about these different types of media. Even though they are effectively the same thing, they can be organized into very different places. It's also sometimes difficult to have those integrated ads on YouTube. You have to speak differently about them within the confines of uploading the video and, you know, say, oh, this has promotional content in it and all that. And so sometimes you'll see if you're listening to a podcast on Spotify and then you go watch it on YouTube, you'll see that like the ad sections are missing. So that could potentially cause you to miss out on some of that revenue. YouTube does have its own monetization. So if monetization is important to you, you can get that on YouTube as well. But it is just something to be cognizant of that your downloads are not going to be 100% accurate in one space. I really like that with audio-only podcasts, it harkens back to like the radio fireside chats. I feel like we spend so much time on screens that for me, part of the appeal of podcasts is that I can consume them with my phone clicked off, right? You know, I can have it playing, but the screen's off. And that to me is a big win because I can listen to a podcast while I'm out for a walk. I can listen to a podcast while I'm making dinner. I can have an earbud in while I'm coloring with my daughter. I can passively consume podcasts. I can have that parasocial relationship that feels really good, but I can also be doing other things that matter to me. And in this era where we are consuming so much content and so much of it is visual content, we've got Facebook reels, Instagram reels, TikTok videos, YouTube videos. I actually find that it sets you apart a little bit more if you can intentionally be audio only. That makes you a little bit more unique among all of the chatter that is video, both short form and long form. That's personally why I love audio podcasts so much. Like I've said, I, I know I seem really anti-video in this episode, but truly I'm not. If you are dead set that you want to start a video podcast or you want to grow from audio only into video, you have my blessing. Go make something amazing. Send it to me. I want to see it. However, if it's going to be another barrier to you, or if your heart isn't super into it and you're just like, well, I guess I'm supposed to do video because that's what everyone says. This is also your permission slip not to. A, you don't have to be just like the crowd. And B, podcasting is the new radio. 
and radio was for decades an audio-only platform. People like to listen. It harkens back to our storytelling. It harkens back to that time around the fire where we would just share stories and tell each other things and talk to each other and communicate. And to me, that's kind of the magic of podcasting. So 100%, if you're like, hey, Rue, I really want to start a video podcast. Sick. I love it. Go make that and do it amazingly. I wish you all the best. But also, if you're like, yeah, uh, I don't know, you don't have to. You should make the podcast that feels good. There are so many shoulds and musts and have tos in this world that I think that your podcast shouldn't be one of them. Your podcast should be exactly what you want it to be. And that includes showing up how it feels good to show up, whether that's on camera or whether it's only on audio. Hi. I'm interrupting the show to tell you about something special, a chance for us to connect one-on-one. Whether you're thinking about starting a podcast and aren't quite sure where to begin, or maybe you've got a show already, but you're not sure how to grow, I want to let you know about my free consultations. Yep, that's right. Absolutely free. No strings attached, no pressure, just a chance to chat with your fairy pod mother, that's me, about turning your podcast dreams into reality you'll walk away from our conversation with actionable steps to take, whether or not we end up working together. Think of it as a gift to you and your show as a thank you for listening to the podcast. If listening to me here isn't enough and you're ready to take the next step, let's chat. Find the link to book in the show notes. Now back to the good stuff. All right, today's question comes from Morgan. Morgan says, I am trying to get more consistent with my content, but I find that I am torn between maintaining my regular release schedule while also making sure that each episode meets the high quality standards I've set for myself. I'm constantly struggling to balance frequency and quality. I'd love to hear how you find that sweet spot between consistent releases and the high quality that keeps listeners coming back for more. Thanks, Morgan. Oh man, you are speaking to the perfectionist Virgo in me right now, Morgan. So this is so hard. And I've talked about before on the show, my first podcast and spending mm, like a full eight hours editing a podcast episode and that that did not feel good. So I am a perfectionist by nature and I especially find that perfectionism can mask a lack of knowledge. I don't want to say ignorance and I don't want to say naivete, but when you aren't super in the zone yet and you're not super comfortable with what you're doing, I do so often find that that perfectionism is kind of like a superhero cape that we shroud ourselves with. And it's like, if I can just make it perfect, it'll be great. If I can just make it so that no one can see all my flaws, then maybe no one will know I'm a fraud. And I don't mean to get like super like emotional with with this i don't mean to like pick apart your feelings because i know that a lot of it is is the technical aspect but i do think that the emotional plays a big part in perfectionism i also think that we are by far our own worst critics and so the little tiny things that you are hearing that you are picking apart i'm sure that most of your audience is not hearing those things So Morgan, I would say for you to find that balance, consider what you can pare down. If it feels too overwhelming to make the show the way you want to make the show, where can you cut back? 
If your episodes are on the longer side, can you trim them back and then really make that amazing high quality episode that is up to your standards, but a little bit shorter? If that doesn't feel right, consider what else you could pare down or trim back to get more out of your show. This is also somewhere, and this is an investment, but this is somewhere that I find that improving your tech and improving your setup can help. So when I spent eight hours editing a single episode of a podcast, it's because I was recording on Zoom, which is not the best cloud recording option. I was recording in a cardboard box. I was recording into a video gaming headset, and I was recording with a friend who is also on like a gaming headset. All of these were a perfect storm for my perfectionism to grow like mold. (laughs) Because we had poor soundproofing, we had poor microphones, we had a poor cloud recorder, and we also were still learning what the heck we were doing. So it's not vital that you drop a stack on a microphone But if you're finding that your audio quality is part of what is nagging at you and is so difficult for you to feel like you're getting right, consider what your time is worth and maybe invest that into a microphone. If you are spending a significant amount of time treating your audio, see what a better mic could do. Maybe you're recording on a condenser microphone and you're like, oh my God, if I have to take out another car going by or try to fade it in and fade it out so you can't really hear the car, but you can definitely still hear the car. Consider getting a dynamic microphone. Consider investing in yourself. Consider investing in an isolation shield if you're getting a lot of room and echo and bounce. Consider any of those options if your audio quality is something that you're struggling with. If it's within reach, consider outsourcing. And I say this as both an entrepreneur who is very busy, and I say this as a podcast editor. There are times where I see why I am kept in business. (laughs) There are times where even though I love editing, it is fun to me. It's like solving a puzzle. And I know my voice so well. There are times where I'm like, man, I definitely see why it would be so much easier to just hand this off right now. Because it does. It takes time. I've already done the research to prepare my notes for how I want to talk about this episode. I've spent the, at this point, 25 minutes to sit down and record it. And then I'm going to spend probably about 45 minutes editing it, then I've got to do my show notes, distribute it, talk about it on social media, the list goes on. It's a lot. And so I can absolutely see why people want to hand it off to an editor. So if that is something that feels right, consider how you could outsource. If that's in your budget, consider finding an editor who could support you. This is also someone who is trained to make you sound better. I work with a lot of perfectionist clients who hold their podcasts to a very high standard. And a lot of them have been nervous to pass the reins off. They're like, I like my podcast to sound just like this. And I'm like, that's awesome. And then I put my magic touch on it and I treat the audio quality. And then I edit it within the confines of how they like their show to sound. And almost always I get beautiful feedback that is, wow, I didn't know I could sound this good. And that's because your editor has trained themselves or has received training to hear things a little bit differently. And they're also not listening with your ears. They're not the person who is speaking. So they're not hung up on, oh my God, I sound like a goober right there. They just hear your voice. They hear your voice the way that a consumer will hear your voice. So that would be a suggestion too. If that's not in reach, 
I would suggest really getting comfortable with your own editing workflow. Try and speed up how you edit. Get your system really locked down in place so that you know exactly how you're going to edit every single episode. For me, when I was editing my first show and I wasn't really sure what I was doing, it took me so long, eight hours. And it took me that long because I didn't know what I was doing. And then on the next episode, I guess all of the information that I'd learned over the eight hours the first time left my brain. And it was like starting from the ground up all over again. It wasn't until about six months into that show that I really felt like I knew what the heck I was doing and followed that method every single time. And now at this point for me, when I sit down to edit a podcast, I know exactly the flow that I'm going to follow. So that would be how I would suggest just get really confident with your editing workflow, streamline things where you can, and remember to have fun with it. I, I find so often that when podcasting becomes stressful and it feels overwhelming to try and have this balance of perfection and consistency, that there's a lot of pressure that you're putting on yourself that, you know, you're like, oh my God, I I have to get this episode out by Tuesday. Oh my, you know, is it going to be ready? If you can find the fun that you had when you started your show, if you can chase that and lean into that, I think it'll make your podcast feel a lot different. So Morgan, I hope that this helps. And I hope that you give yourself a little bit of grace because podcasting is not a life or death thing. It should feel fun. You should be able to enjoy it and find the magic in it. I hope that this is helpful. And if you out there listening have a question you would like for me to answer on the show, you can write me in at rue.sonivia at gmail.com or you can shoot me a DM on Instagram at Sonivia Studios. That's it for today. I will be back next week to talk about why I celebrate your first negative review. That one is going to get spicy. In the meantime, please make sure that you have followed or subscribed on whatever podcatcher you're listening to this on right now. And while you're at it, please leave me a rating or a review because just like your show, mine needs those to grow. I keep the party going over on Instagram at Sonivia Studios where I share all sorts of podcasting tips and tricks and insights. So make sure that you head over there and thank you for helping me take podcasting up an octave.